any trenders uh welcome back to another anime trending podcast episode uh we have um another seasonal anime here with uh to talk about and really dive deep into so this is gracie and joining me today we have hey any trenders it's james back again for another episode <laughs> hey guys i'm riala don't worry i haven't gone anywhere i'm staying in the shadows in the background to make sure all these episodes get pushed out to you guys. Uh, the secret shadow boss of the podcast. The secret shadow boss of the podcast. But it's okay. You can hear my voice once again. It's lovely. Uh, Riala is we'll actually very important and a god to us for the podcast 100%. <laughs> yes. Bow down. <laughs> so um, if the episode title hasn't um, tipped you off yet, we are going to be talking about Seeing Yesterday for Me, which is a currently an airing anime series on Crunchyroll right now. For those who don't know what it's about, um, basically Seeing Yesterday for Me takes place in a small town outside of Shinjuku, and it follows four characters. Um, there's the main protagonist, Rikuo, who is a college graduate, and he's uh, currently works at a convenience store. Um, and then there's Shinako, his uh, classmate from college, who is actually working as a teacher in the area. And there is Ro, who um, is a person from Shinako's um, childhood with a very deep connection. And finally, Haru, an eccentric girl who has a curl that she has around with her all the time and has been really hitting the charts or our um, best female characters on anime trending. So um, that summarizes what Sing Yesterday For Me is about. I'm sure you guys have noticed that actually Sing Yesterday For Me has gotten rank one very recently on our top uh, weekly anime charts. So this anime has really been making rounds within the anime trending community. Um, so, Riala, who do you think would enjoy this series, even just based on that little snapshot? Yes, yeah, so, I think, uh, I always advocate looking at the, the genre tags. I feel like it's not always a holistic recommendation of whether or not you should like a show. There are many shonen animes that I've seen that I've enjoyed, where shonen is not typically a genre that I find myself most, uh, interested in. Uh, but to me, uh, slice of life, drama, romance, like those are the three genres that really stick with me the most. Uh, and of course, anything that comes within uh, this kind of like genre framework is something that's going to be interesting to me. So um, I, th I think really uh, it is just kind of coming along with like if you've seen other slice of life drama shows that you really liked, uh, I feel like there are things to like about seeing yesterday for me, which, of course, will be. Uh, digging deep into uh within the rest of the podcast uh but yeah i mean uh, t to basically uh make my answer short uh take a look at those genre tags uh and take take a look at those uh character designs and then that's really uh kind of where you should start when it comes to uh kind of getting into an anime and james yeah i think this is i'm gonna hop in real quick this is very much a show for people that are interested in character drama there's not a lot of action there's no it's yeah, there's no fantasy or supernatural it is people dealing with problems they got a lot of problems <laughs> <laughs> um and uh i will note that the pacing can be a little slow which um you know is not um unique in regards to the genre tags that riala was just talking about so people who really like fast-paced, um, you know, blood-pounding sort of stories likely won't enjoy this one as much. But it is very mature and it is very dialogue-heavy for anyone who likes um, a, a more grounded sort of story. So on that note, um, you two, did you guys like the series? Even Like, we know our fans like it because they voted it for <laughs> number one, but I wanted to hear your thoughts. Yeah, so... Uh... I'm going to like unabashedly like hold the flag that I, I think that this is probably the best show airing right now. Um, and of course there's a lot of things going for this show and I have some issues with it, which uh, I'll be more than happy to discuss later in the podcast when I, it will flow a bit more naturally when we get to talking about all like the characters and the events that have happened up until a certain point. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, if you want a slow paced uh, character building, 
drama. I feel like uh, these characters definitely have a lot of unique backstories and a lot of unique uh, like attributes to themselves uh, that could really make you uh, think about the show in different ways. Uh, and so uh, I think all of this combined kind of makes uh, the show a kind of a very interesting watch because in a lot of ways it is realistic in its portrayal of its characters. And I know that there are some uh, things that we could talk about where sometimes suspension of disbelief could be broken at points, which is definitely something I'll get into later. Uh, but as a standalone watch and all of it together, all things considered, I like the show. I, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, I never like I it's interesting because I put off watching it for a while. I'm I'm not even 100 percent caught up. I'm only on episode six. Uh but I was very worried initially going into it that it would be a little bit too heavy, a little bit too much drama for me to get into. I find that I need to put myself in a specific headspace to watch those kind of shows and really appreciate it. Uh, but it was very gentle getting into it. Uh, but as soon as I was there, uh, like, I found it very compelling, um, both the story and then the way it's paced and the way the episodes are put together. It was really easy for me to just smoothly transition from like one episode to the next and just continue to see what was going on. I'm really enjoying it. Uh, the characters I can uh, understand a little bit. Like it's it's definitely I don't I know in other shows that have the similar types of like drama, slice of life, romance. It's it's very much the like I don't know anybody that acts like that, and I don't think I can imagine anyone that acts like that. That is a thought that I have about certain shows. You know, when you get angry at characters in a show, they're like, "Why are you acting like this, you big dumb idiot?" <laughs> I don't feel that really towards many of these characters and never to the level where it's something that I ever think I need to bring up. If there is any irritation, it's something that I kind of write off as the, well, James, you don't know what it's like in that situation, you lonely old man. Uh, so how would you understand how people operate? But, <laughs> you know, uh, it's it, I like it. Please watch it. <laughs> <laughs> is this in line with your typical shows that you guys enjoy? Yes. Okay. This is like a, uh, I kind of knew it, it, I knew I would enjoy the show. I, I knew that I would love the show after the ending of episode three. That was when I really knew like, okay, I am fully on board with this. This is not just a show that I passively enjoy. This is a show that I'm now actively caring about. That's what it's like being a seasonal anime watcher. I feel sometimes or like, because you're trying to keep up with everything. You're trying to like keep engaged in the conversation. You just kind of have some shows where you go, okay, I'm just kind of like, uh watching this thing uh and i may not have any strong feelings one way or another i'm just like yeah packed passively watching uh this thing and i i definitely feel like this uh show has a lot of uh defining factors that can kind of break away from the type of system that we find oh so often with uh seasonal anime but as, as far as things that i typically enjoy in anime uh some of my favorite anime uh, of all time um, number one is march comes in like a lion uh, and then shortly followed after that is uh, Planet After Story. So definitely. Wow, you just like to be sad. I d <laughs> well, I mean, I could make a whole entire argument that March Comes In Like a Lion is is not a sad show. But we could save that for another podcast. Uh, but yeah, as, as far as like the genres and uh, just kind of like the atmosphere that I typically like in a show, this is definitely uh, fitting alongside all of that. So it's possible that my view is clouded uh, by what we call cognitive bias. But that's neither here nor there. Um, for the listeners who um, aren't aware, because uh, Riel is actually muting himself, this guy loves March Comes In Like a Lie. Like, no proper <laughs> numerical value to put on his love for it. So you guys aren't getting the full impact of that right now from what he's saying. <laughs> I, I still, at one point I pitched having a whole entire March Comes In Like a Lie supercast for the show. And I know we didn't finalize that, but it's going to happen because I'm immortalizing it right here on this podcast. <laughs> March comes in like a lion. We all we all know that there's no way that anything we say in this recording will ever get deleted or possibly edited out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to keep everything that I want to be in this recording and no one can stop me because I'm the one that has the executive power of hosting the podcast. And this online. is why none of us can ever piss him off. So. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um Yes, th thank you for pointing that out. Yes, I I am a huge March Comes in like a Lion fanboy, and I will I will wear that very proudly. 
<laughs> well, um, I guess for me personally, I enjoy it, but I actually took a while to get into it because despite the fact that the genre does fit well with me, I am all about human relationships and human drama between human relationships in regards to these things. I think for once, I, the characters aren't naturally in line with how I am like and the people I'm usually like into and so um especially because this place takes place in such a realistic setting it makes it a lot harder to uh, reconcile those sort of feelings together but I did eventually get into it and I have always said that the dialogue is very well written and I will hold true to the fact that the dialogue is very well written and something that I will always be impressed about and always praised on for the series. Um, so, are you two ready to get into some more spoiler territory? Yes, that sounds like a perfect yes. segue there. Uh, All right. Let's talk about that. So, yeah, so, now that we've given a kind of a holistic rep- uh, holistic representation of our thoughts of the show... Uh, if you guys want to, if this sounds like something that you would be interested in based off all of our recommendations, go ahead and watch the show. It's available for legal streaming on Crunchyroll. I don't know if it's available anywhere else, but that's where I watch the show. I, I, please, please watch it, uh, <laughs> especially because from this point on, we're just going to be talking about specific things in specific episodes. And if you haven't seen it, you're either going to like have future sight and be disappointed with certain <laughs> things because you'll know they're coming or you'll just spend the rest of this podcast being very confused. Yo, man, at, ev- mean, at eight minutes in at episode four, this major event happens, bro, and it blew my mind I mean, away. granted, I know some listeners do enjoy spoilers, so if you guys do want to stay, go ahead and stay, but this is your official spoiler warning, essentially. On the, I want to say one thing about spoilers because I know that I watch things with, like, I watch film critic. Uh, videos about spoilers and i will go or with spoilers and i'll walk through the spoilers but i only walk through the spoilers if i know that i'm probably never going to see the movie and i don't really care for those of you that have that similar attitude right now i beg you please watch the show because while you think you might not care i think you will (laughs) it's like the the being like falsely apathetic like (laughs) pretending that you're (laughs) apathetic but Yeah. Okay. All right. So well, that was our we spoiler are now <laughs> officially red alert diving right into spoiler territory. So I think a big theme was seen yesterday for me um, that you guys will agree with is that the characters are very lost. They are trying to find themselves when they technically should have already gone through the process or the time period of finding themselves, whether it's in high school, which anime likes to portray, but I completely disagree, Um, or in college, which is... um, which is the situation with Rikuo and Shinako. They are both, uh, they both graduated from college already, and they are both essentially um, sort of wandering around. Does that hit a little clue close to home for some people? <laughs> uh, I'm graduating next week, and I don't feel com- like I, I'm super worried. I have this kind of like general plan laid out, but I've always, I've always thought like, wow, mostly because of also the current situation. There's not a like. A smooth way to transition anything right. uh you know into anything uh finding a job has been a little bit hard uh but i i the like i gra- i graduated from college and then i didn't know exactly what i was gonna do which is rico's situation or i graduated from college and i found something that i'm doing but like had there's like this uncertainty in uh shinako's way of going about her life which is like i'm doing this but is this really the thing that i want to be doing uh and that that's a little uh, I'm not thrilled about that because it's cool to watch it happen to other people, but I and while I if it happens to me, I will hopefully come out the other side a more developed and better person. Uh, I will spend my entire time in that like if if I have that uncertainty, I will spend that entire time desperate to find something because I will feel like I'm not utilizing my time optimally mm-hmm. and I'll just feel pretty awful for most mm-hmm. of it. And the alternative is to either suffer in that hellish knowledge that you're not doing as well as you could be or escape that suffering by becoming that kind of like apathetic person that Rikuo kind of is at the beginning of the show. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, it's interesting too, because when we kind of pose like the thesis statement for this episode, or just kind of like the main topic that we're diving into, like finding yourself when you should have already found yourself. uh, I think that's interesting to kind of talk about the societal like standard you know, because of, of course there's like kind of like the uh, 
you know, the kind of like the trite platitudes that a lot of people like to to uh, put in your face when things aren't going exactly your way. It's just like, well, everyone walks life at a different pace and everyone uh, can get to where they want uh, after wandering a bit. You know, sometimes it just takes a little bit of going all over the place to uh, find exactly what place uh, is is most important to you. Uh, mm-hmm. And of course, like all of these characters are very lost. <laughs> like there, yeah. there isn't, oh, yeah. I don't even think there's a single character in the show who has kind of their sense of security, except for maybe, um, what's his name? Oh yeah. No. Yeah, well, I mean, Riku was like a friend from college got married and like, uh, I think oh, that, but that he's happened. such a side character. He's a side- <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, none of the main characters know. Yeah. What none doing. of the main characters. Some and- of the side characters seem like they have some of their crap together, but so what- but that's why they're side <laughs> characters because it's not interesting to watch people that have it together. <laughs> so what I find interesting is that they are all lost, but they're lost in a different way. So, for example, um, Ro, who um, once again, you know, we're going to spoilers here. Ro is um, the younger brother of um, of someone that Shinako used to be romantically involved with, and um, he seems to have an idea of where he wants to go in regards to jobs and like where what his future is you know he's studying diligently for art he's really gunning for it he's studying hard for it and he like wants to be his own man and like earn money and stuff like that like he's not lost in that regards but he's clearly very lost in regards to his romantic feelings towards Chinako who I sincerely believe he's just confusing with um you know a desire slash need for her to like to stay within his family now that you know the one thing that would have kept her in the family his brother is gone and so it's like it's like a very different kind of wandering versus uh some of the other characters what do you think i think so as well i think that was definitely a really interesting dynamic and the way to which sometimes the show dispenses you information was uh really compelling uh the most prime example i could really bring up about that is uh i believe it was at the end of episode two that's where rikuo confesses his feelings uh to shinako but the thing is that we don't really get the reason why until like the next episode and i feel Mm -hmm. like just kind of like that that narrative uh I, i guess we could use a metaphor as like a, a tree you know because like we're, we're moving up along the tree and of course there's like stems and branches that the show likes to kind of reach out to but then it comes back around and then it goes off a separate branch and then it comes back and then it go it travels further on the other branch you know so i feel like a, a lot of ways like the narrative structure is really kind of all over the place because it's really trying to navigate between all these four characters lives and even mm-hmm. though uh in a traditional sense that may seem somewhat easy to do uh when you consider all everyone's backstories and the way that they tend to interact with each other it's actually a lot more uh complex than it may initially seem on the surface Mm -hmm. james (laughs) i feel like like finding your way and like being lost is one way to look at it i kind of came into this podcast and i finished episode uh six kind of with the yeah, that could be a thing, but I also could spin it as kind of people being left behind because we talk about like not being where they are supposed to be in terms of society, uh, society's expectations, and it's either being left behind or leaving people behind uh, or letting go of something and moving past it. So for Shinako, it's moving past the death of the person that she liked, and for uh, for Rico, it's kind of like he waited a little too long, and so he's been left behind by society. Mm-hmm. He's trying to people want things to either stay the way what they way they are you know they're they're afraid of moving forward and so they don't want to leave something behind or they have been left behind i Um, i really like it how both of you guys point out the idea that society has left them behind and like society standards has a huge thing to do with you know whether you should have found yourself or not so um and i think um so i'm bringing so this isn't like research research but um i did watch um you know a few seasons of terrace house which is um Uh, which is a reality show in Japan. But one thing that did stick out to me with these real life people interacting was one time a group of them were grilling one of the girls, not in a mean way. They're, they're not doing it maliciously, but one of the girls admitted that she doesn't really know where she wants to go in life and like what she wants to do. And she's very much like Haru. She works at a coffee cafe and uh, which does sell alcohol at night. 
And, um, but, you know, she knows that's not where she wants to stay permanently, but she doesn't really know where she wants to go permanently. And the entire, uh, the, the, all her other housemates were basically asking, like, why? Like, you need to figure it out. Like, you need to keep going. Like, you need to, like, you need an answer soon sort of thing. And get it together. <laughs> Yes, they really did do it all together, and they're yeah. like, they'll, and they say things like, you know, you gotta be careful, or people might think you're immature if you don't choose, or people might think you're wishy-washy if you don't choose, and stuff like that, and it actually made her cry, because of how stressed she was at already knowing she doesn't really know where she wants to go in life, and then having people tell that to her from the outside as well, and so, and once again, this isn't like, you know, for all we know, maybe this was, this just happened to be that group of people. It's not a snapshot of the country or this the climate or the situation, but like I it does remind me of that with real life people like yeah like it does seem like society expects you to know exactly where you want to go at this point and the people who don't are essentially forgotten and left behind or like not even cared about because they don't know where they want to go. And I think what's what's really interesting about that is because when you interact with people socially on a surface level. A lot of it isn't really about like all of your inner thoughts and what your you know disposition is really at. It's a, a lot of times a lot of the more like objective facts about yourself. It's a lot of just like, oh, you know, what are you currently doing? Are you employed? Are you in education? If you're in education, what are you studying? If you're employed, what are you doing? You know, because like those are very like surface level like ways to kind of get an idea of what a person's like. Uh, and I think that contributes a lot of the way to how we get to or how we judge other people. Uh, kind of like as humans like if they have a clear sense of direction and where they want to go it's very easy to kind of just like slap the label and be like okay you know they're they're a working member of society that like you know that should be held up to like a high standard or whatever it probably isn't the best way of phrasing it but uh, i think it's just interesting how like people can interact and make a quick judgment just based on like a, a few quick pieces of information that are brought about to them in a social setting yeah, no, that's a really good point. And actually, that leads into another question that I really want to ask you, too. So um, despite the fact that both of you who obviously seem to understand and sympathize a lot with their positions and where they are, has their indecisiveness and their inability to, like, figure out where they want to go frustrated you at times still? Oh, 100%. Like, my biggest issue with the show, and I think this kind of feeds really well into that, is that... The show is very tumultuous with its uh, romantic drama because it goes like, all right, X character likes Y character and then uh, Y character doesn't like X character. And I guess uh, in, in this scenario, I'm speaking specifically about Rikuo and Shinako. And then at the end of the episode, Shinako just goes ahead and said, okay, well, uh, let's just try not being friends anymore. Uh, and then I feel like that was kind of a weird cliffhanger to leave the episode out on because they they clearly don't really spend that much time apart from one another and they just kind of slowly like you know reintroduce each other uh they like go ahead and reintroduce themselves uh and then like their relationship is still like fine moving episode to episode uh but because everyone uh in the cast is trying to get some attention by uh you know the writers it, it a lot of times feels like not enough, uh, not enough spotlight is given to each one of them as it quickly tries to traverse through each character, each scenario. You know, it's like, oh, scenario one, scenario two, scenario three. And a lot of times uh, the plot threads are can feel very similar to one another uh, because a lot of times it just kind of amounts to, oh, I'm conflicted about my feelings about this character or this person likes this character, but that other character does not like this character you know so it, a lot of times it just feels like uh, a lot of conversations are talked about a lot as well whereas like in, in this most recent episode we're having a conversation about oh should you still be friends with someone that you have really strong feelings for that was a topic that was talked about uh, with two different characters i guess but it was still a topic that was still talked about. And the conclusion that both of the characters in both scenarios are able to come to is that, okay, well, you just kind of have to weigh out the pros and cons, which uh, seems like a, a pretty uh, logical answer. Um, but I guess what I'm trying to like amount to all of this is that because uh, the show is trying to give ample screen time to everyone, it feels like 
it's it's not solidified enough. It feels like uh, what we have is only kind of like a half-formed narrative, which I guess is true because the show is only, at the time of recording this episode, around halfway done. Uh, so we'll, we'll see how everything gets resolved, but that's my, that's my biggest issue. Not to get super meta, but you could kind of see like, oh, the story is being wishy-washy. Isn't the story about people being wishy-washy? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Are we, are we just getting beaten in four-dimensional chess? <laughs> beaten in four-dimensional chess. And I, <laughs> yeah, that, that's also true. And then uh, some complaints could be brought out, uh, brought up about, like, the suspension of disbelief in some episodes as well, where it's like, oh, are, are these characters actually acting in a way that's, like, rational? But I guess maybe that's the point, right? Because these characters are so lost and are still trying to find themselves. Uh, so much to the point where they are acting in ways that seem like uh, it is not the most effective way to kind of move on from the feelings of someone to move on uh, to their next stage in life. So, yeah, I think it's really interesting that you brought that up because like this 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 criticism that I just brought to the table, depending on how you look at it, it could be you know completely a valid reason to dislike the show or, um, you know, with a simple quip back, it could be, OK, well, uh, I like it because of this reason, you know. Mm hmm. My thing, I, I don't ever get, I'm not, I haven't actually gotten angry at any of the characters uh, really for any reason. And I think the reason why is because I'm, it's, it's, I usually only get angry with characters when I feel like there's a solid concrete reason for me to. And I can't, I almost can't take what anybody says at face value. Mm -hmm. uh, at the very beginning, there's a thing where, where uh, Haru is like, says to Rico, like, oh, you know, you don't lie. And like, there's a, disc a little discussion about like honesty and lying. And what seems interesting to me is the characters to other people are stating things that they almost want to be true. Like I'm making, I, I'm saying this, you know, we're not dating. And it's like, okay, you say that because maybe that's how you want things to be, but that's not how you feel. So they're, they're trying to be honest to everybody else, but they're lying to themselves. And since they don't know what they want and they don't know, you know, I can't get, I can't get mad when I don't know what the truth is. Well, I mean, I can, but not in this particular <laughs> you are, uh You are the epitome of being rational and making sure you have all the answers before forming an opinion. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm the kind of person that if I get angry and I want to make sure that every argument that I feel passionate about I go into, I go in and I aim to win. I want to make sure that I beat whoever I'm arguing with because the feeling of losing or being super confident in a statement and then finding out that I've gotten something wrong, which completely destroys my entire argument is the most embarrassing no, thing and i Dude, hate feeling like that so i always, have, i play to win have the courage have everyone the courage to take watch out for james <laughs> yeah. the train master, the train master. <laughs> I, I i don't have the courage to take yeah. the l uh, because i think as soon as i lose any level of credibility um anything else i say can't be taken seriously which may which may very well be how i'm viewing all these characters is since i can't take anything they're saying like there's they have almost no credibility sometimes based on what they say compared to their yeah, actions and because sometimes. Uh, and so I can't take anything One thing seriously. That you... I mean, I do in the way that like this is a drama, but you know, I make when they make a statement, I go, "All right, cool. We'll assume that that's that the true? facts until I see an action that." Yeah. One thing that action. you mentioned that I, I felt was kind of interesting when watching the show um, is that you're talking about like conversations between characters and their feelings. Um, I don't think there's been really a single line that was like narrating someone's thoughts. A lot of times, uh, people's thoughts and feelings are are shown through like almost like i mean what should i call it like just like conversations with um someone's friends so i mean for example we have you know shinako talking to her friend uh, mostly in a bar type setting where she kind of just like vents out her feelings and frustrations uh and then of course riko where he's talking with his friend and like those are kind of happening simultaneously so of course haha funny it's funny how the sequence of events happen where they're both talking about the same topic and the same place in a similar setting um but i'm not sure if you guys ever noticed uh, that, that there's like just no thoughts being narrated out to you and maybe that contributes more to a point that james was trying to make that uh, maybe we aren't supposed to know their thoughts. Maybe we're only supposed to see their actions for the most part and seeing if their uh, train of thoughts is entirely logical based on how they act. I mean, I think that that's probably the case. I, uh, I for one, notice they spend a lot more time focusing on small gestures and facial expressions when conversations are happening. And you're right, we don't really get any inner head thoughts unless they are literally the yeah, only or they're person like, in the scene. Yeah, talking because to themselves. Because otherwise it's just... 
a silent person at a table. But I think that's actually what makes this anime unique and actually very effective in telling its story because, um, you know, and you guys can disagree with me, of course, but I do think anime tends to have an oversaturation of narration of thoughts. A lot of thoughts that we actually don't need that we can figure out ourselves from very artistic movements and subtle expressions. Like James was saying, like this anime lives and milks every single expression and movement there is, including a single strand like falling down. And so um, it, it brings a level of artistry and uh, brings a level of like storytelling that just really makes it stand out and pop outside of like all the other anime series. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can think of right off the top of my head, like at least five instances where it's character says line, camera cuts to their hand, some wiggly hand gesture, whether that be fiddling with the fingers or clenching into a fist or some arm twitch, and then back up to their face. Mm-hmm. Like they're really trying to call attention to these things. Yeah, I definitely agree with that sentiment, just that uh, without the inner thoughts, um, and to me that was just like an observation, I hadn't really formed the idea that, um, you know, that was definitely, that was, you know, essentially a good or a bad thing to move the story forward, Uh, but definitely focusing more on the character interactions is of course going to be a great thing when we're talking about a character drama, and yeah, a lot of times when uh, characters speak their inner thoughts a lot of times the the message can kind of get muddled within that uh but also i'm a lowly viewer and sometimes i like things being spelled out for me you know when, when something's <laughs> left open in the air up for interpretation i always like have this like this uh thought demon like in the back of my mind lurking telling me like okay well the conclusion that you came to in this interpretation is fine but what if you know and it's like like a two percent chance that like this other interpretation is actually the correct one uh i don't know maybe that's just me getting into my own head uh but yeah i mean sometimes maybe that might be the beauty of it too that uh, a lot of the the conversations between these characters uh, are open-ended in a way I mean, that's as a viewer, if you're uncertain, congratulations. You feel like the rest of the cast. <laughs> oh, that's it's good. It's a new level yeah. of meta. You're right. This show is just a, a show submerged in meta. It, it might just yeah. be. It, it's done very, very well. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I Can we talk about like things that aren't necessarily 100% story related that we liked? Or is it too early to, to request this? I have two things written down on a piece of paper. Oh, um, I was actually going to ask out of curiosity if, um, you know, with specifically you, Jane, since none of the characters have made you upset yet. Like, did you have like a least favorite character and why in that case? Um, I don't like, I think just based on the way they act. I think one of my less favorites is Roll, but at the same time, he's a high school student and kind of a brat, and so I'll just dismiss that of, like, he's a bratty high school student. Hormones. I'm not, like, I'm not, I'm not mad at him because it feels like he's not acting the way he should be. He's acting exactly the way he should be, and I just find that kind of person irritating. <laughs> I see. I, I hate the character but archetypes. Gray or Riala... Roe's your favorite character. It's executed so well, it makes me mad. Yeah, so to me, Roe is my favorite character. Uh, but to me, that comes from a place of like I was talking with Gracie about this earlier. But I don't really think any of these characters are likable, and perhaps that's <laughs> the point. You know, it, it's it's hard to really say. Oh, like oh, th- this character is really my favorite because of you know they're they're excellent you know narrative plot points and all that stuff. Because at the end of the day, these are just people that are uh deeply uh what's the word deeply flawed Flawed. yes (laughs) thank you uh they're deeply flawed uh in a lot of ways their their actions uh kind of leave you scratching your head a little bit and wondering why exactly uh they're going down this train of thought or this train of action um and so uh, i mean a lot of people may like disagree with me i know that um haru is a, a big seasonal uh anime girl hit that people seem to be all the rave about uh but but yeah like that that's my overall like impressions of the characters and then to talk about ro um i I definitely appreciate his uh admiration for art and a lot of times like the side conversations that he has with friends about the art and and how they're able to construct their own piece i felt was pretty informative because uh, aside from me just looking at pretty uh pixiv artists drawing cute anime girls i don't really know the first thing about art or composition of all that stuff. I I just know about uh you know big big eyed moe girls, uh 
in, in my on my Twitter timeline, you know. So, <laughs> so that, that. that speaking of art, there was something interesting that my sister brought up uh, when she. Oh yeah, my sister's here to visit everybody. You're not gonna hear from her. Though. <laughs> um, uh, is she was kind of watching me watch it over my shoulder and was like, "What's going on?" Because she popped in around when to I was art. episode four. <laughs> um. And I was like, I was explaining all these people, and even like the side characters, like uh, like Minato, and uh, and so like and all that. And she's like, oh, so they're all like artsy fartsy people. You've got an, you've got a guy at art school, and you've got two people that fiddle around with cameras. And I was like, oh, geez, you're actually right. Uh, <laughs> we got to too. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, but as as none of them, I think, are supposed to be ex- like objectively likable. It's very much a sliding scale of I think this person is more likable than the others. But you can yeah, find and it changes wrong with all of it that, changes on uh, episode to episode basis too, right? Because within the first couple episodes, yeah, Rico was far and away uh, my favorite character in the show, and then like just just him being so uh, tumultuous, like his thoughts being all over the place, kind of it kind of turned me off to him as a character. Uh, but I felt like I had a strong showing in the first couple episodes. Yeah, I think what's interesting is is the thing that makes all you know your favorite or what who you think the, the best or good, you know goodest person is. I know that that's not correct. The most goodest uh, is that <laughs> more character, more side characters show up and then leave, or you know will or will return briefly. But like there will be times when it's like you are a new thing that has been introduced into the story, and now we're gonna watch people react to that and how they interact with that new thing. And that is going to change, you know, what the viewer's perception of those individual characters, um, which is is kind of like a cool, interesting, almost like scientific way to figure out who your favorite is, which is like, all right, we have the characters. Now do this to them. Who's your favorite? Cool. Now do this to them. Now who's your favorite? Um, mm-hmm. Kind of thing. Uh, speaking of that, that was episode five and six, actually, which you just uh, you just finished. Right, James? <laughs> Yeah. So, um, Gre- uh, Riala has mentioned this earlier, but but um, he said five and six was, in his opinion, the weakest episodes. What are your thoughts on that? As someone who just finished it, I think seven, eight, and nine are need- gonna need to be really friggin' good if I'm gonna have to agree with that. <laughs> oh, well, all right. <laughs> um, so I mean, I I guess I can go ahead and talk about it. Why I wasn't a big fan of five and six, uh, and a lot of it stems back to uh, the earlier criticism that I levied against the show. Uh, in that the show is trying to build all of the its main cast up and it's not there yet and so I think kind of taking a whole side tangent to take a look at side characters who presumably will never show up again because like they had their uh, episodic one one episode uh, deep dive into their character and then they left uh, type of deal I don't think that's doing the main cast any favors I know that we said that uh, none of them are inherently likable uh, and the fact that we're spending, uh, I wouldn't say we're spending the whole entire episode away from their screen time, because of course they're still present, they have relationships with these characters, uh, but because of that, uh, a lot of the other characters take a backseat uh, to predominantly feature a side character that holds, uh, of course, aside from just the one episode, holds no real relevance to the plot, I think is kind of holding back the progression of these characters. Hmm. So my counter argument to that is I do think they feed into the characters, but in a way that's more indirect. So for example, episode five was Binato. I'm pretty sure that guy was set up as a direct foil to Rikuo and meant to meant for the audience to see him as a direct foil to Rikuo because he knows what he wants to do. He's already decided to go through it. He's making steps towards and at the very end, the only thing that was, you know, potentially holding him back was um, you know, a potential relationship with Haru, and so he confesses to her, and she rejects him, and he accepts it, and he was just like, well, that's that's all I needed to do, and I know where I want to go now, what I want to do, and it's just such a drastic difference from Rikuo. It's almost like, here's, um, I know we just, like, surround you with wishy-washy people, but here's one that, like, is not at all wishy-washy, and, like, sort of, sort of give you that foil that a lot of stories like to provide and I think it's funny too because of, I had a, uh, I had a, again oh. remind me the character the uh, photography guy that, that left m4 yeah that's um minato yeah that's minato uh photography guy that went to yeah the what's high funny about him though is that the character who has all of his crap together in the show is 
almost like like framed as like the joke character you know because Rico doesn't like that guy whatsoever uh one of my favorite lines so far is like in response to uh like documentary style photography and like uh, he's going into it and then Rico responds man this guy's so pretentious <laughs> after he leaves the the cafe I thought that was so funny just like uh the reaction to that uh, but I guess maybe that's just like a uh you know fundamental disconnect with uh you know the two dispositions of the characters but uh yeah in a way i feel like minato was kind of like you know a joke character and it's ironic because he's the one that like knows the most about where he wants to be and where he wants to go that made me hearing gracie's description very much reminded me of that one meme which is like who are you i'm you but stronger (laughs) um that kind of thing. And also what's interesting is is Minato's kind of it, it kind of implies at the end of that episode that Minato's like been rewarded for wanting to know what he does because, you know, it's like, look at this photo gallery. Oh, who won the best prize? It was him. He won the best prize. Yes. So good at photography. Um also commenting on that, you know, oh he's so pretentious. That just made me rem- think about again, I think it was episode one when uh coworker friend Kinosta uh, goes, you know, why are you like this? Are you just trying not to be a tryhard so that it doesn't hurt as much when you fail or, you know, all this other stuff? And I kind of see that same kind of question of, like, you know, uh, uh, Riku, well, why are you, you know, why are you so mad about it? Why are you not, you know, why do you kind of look down on people who try? And I think it's yeah, kind of, like, I, I the think, same thing. Uh, having, or disliking people who appear to be a tryhard, I feel like that's, it's basically praise, in a way, you know, because you're you're talking down to other people who are putting the effort into something which you are not putting in the effort to. Uh, so in, in a very roundabout way, it's a, a kind of a backhanded way of praising someone else, calling them a tryhard. Yeah, it's because you're. It's because whoever's doing that is feeling threatened by the level of of drive and success. Or, that maybe not even has. like success, right? Because I feel like if you have a, a drive for something, that could eventually lead to success. Uh, and of course, like they just like try and try again. That's true eventually they'll reap the rewards of something i don't know what but <laughs> well, eventually we say that a lot but there's times where you try and try and try and try and try okay and you do, fail do you have a personal you anecdote for that <laughs> <laughs> no i don't have well i mean i could okay I'll, sounds I'll good that. <laughs> it, it, james that's a trap you should hear you should know it's, it's a trap, trap. <laughs> the promise of success is a trap it absolutely is um anyway i think um so i guess like pointing out the fact that you know this this is told from an unreliable narrator in the in the idea that you know Riku is narrating and he thinks he's pretentious and stuff like that do you still uh hold the same opinions towards uh those two episodes or are you still staying firm Uh, so i'm definitely more like open to taking a look at it Uh, and so so this is um kind of off the heels of me just like watching the show and not really thinking too much about it about it and like honestly like the criticism that i've levied against this episode was something that like i came up with before the show like trying to like scramble things together to find about the show and so of course like because of that like a lot of my reasoning could be like half-baked but i think i am on to something and maybe i could uh, uh form my opinion i do plan on um kind of materializing my words better with an eventual like video that i'm making on the show for my own youtube and so maybe there i'll be able to consider all these things uh a bit more but yeah i i definitely can see and a lot of times when i'm watching a show i have a hard time like segmenting like which events happened in each episode which i think is is kind of natural with a lot of anime watchers because they just kind of they don't view it as an episodic series they view it as a ongoing narrative so i mean if i were to go through like episodes one through eight that we've had so far and talk about um and talk about like what each event in the sequence of events that happened in each episode. Uh, I would be probably confusing the, the episodes a lot, uh, and I, I think that's like kind of like the typical way of doing it. But uh, I know that uh, you, Gracie, like are, are a writer and know more about like characters and all that stuff. So are you better at like uh, being able to differentiate what happens in each episode and how like the progression of the narrative is able to uh, reach a conclusion? Uh, when watching a show i i don't like saying i'm better just because um you know that's that's a subjective view i might very well you also watch a lot of anime so i think that might be 
you know, a symptom. Yes, I do. Um, <laughs> this is actually uh, because the season also, um, the airing amount also went down due to COVID-19. But um, this is one of the rare seasons where I'm only watching nine. I've never been below two digits before <laughs> in a season. Um, but yes, I do watch a lot. There has to be something else you can watch, even if it's. <laughs> you should watch the Vanguard spinoff anime or yeah, watch Vanguard, yeah. by Bang. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'm not interested in those. I'm very sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Um, as a side tangent, I guess we could get into it because I'm curious. What are the nine shows that you're watching this season? Oh, okay. Um, I'm just gonna go from Monday to Sunday. So I watched Fruits Basket season yeah. two and uh, Detective Woodpecker's Office, and then I watch um. And then I watched Kakushikoto, which we talked about last week. And then... Um, no, I was just mm-hmm. telling people who are listening, go listen to it if you haven't. It came out late this week, yeah. which is <laughs> seemingly my fault. But it's okay. It's out now. You can listen to it. <laughs> no, Riala, uh, we depend on you. And once again, none of us can make you angry. So, you know, you do <laughs> <It's okay>. you. <laughs> it's out now. That's what matters. Um, and then I, after that, I watch... Um, uh, there's four on on Saturdays, so I watch Ascendance of a Bookworm. Um, you know, uh, my next life as a villainess, um, and then I watch Sing Yesterday for Me, um, Art, and um, uh, Kaguya-sama season two. Um, and then I am also, and I say this with great hesitation, watching Plunderer, but we will not discuss about that. <laughs> <Are> so. you- <laughs> That's not you yeah, thinking of hitting it with that drop button? <laughs> we'll move on to it. Yeah, we, we're we're just we're just <laughs> not about that. So yes, um, those are my nine. Right, thank you for listening. Uh, I know I, I'm the one that that instigated this, but thank you for listening to Gracie's seasonal, uh, <laughs> Gracie's seasonal watching chart. Now back to <laughs> saying yes right for me. That's your regular <laughs> so I will say I do pay attention a lot to the things you discuss and it you know it might just be because I've seen so much anime it could be because you know I, I am I do write um, I, I write novels in my spare time when I have spare time and um, and on top of that ever since I was a kid I was really into stories so a lot of like a lot of compounding factors are are because of the fact that or are it led me to like analyzing things on a more literary sense than I think just sitting back and enjoying a story. So, um, so I do get a clear sense of where they're going with this and what even how each minor character contributes to a character and contributes to, um, you know, their arc as, as paced purposefully paced as it is. So, um, like if we are to give the example of, you know, Minato, um, Minato ultimately winning the art gallery at the or the art competition or the photograph the photograph competition at the very end is um this is actually kind of a trigger to Rikuo to start reaching out and doing better and it's so so subtle but you'll see all like his actions afterwards is um is is only after that episode and then um even the girl um, i forgot her name but um in the sixth episode um i felt like girlfriend girl Hmm? ex-girlfriend yes i felt like she was honestly there to be a mirror reflection for a lot of the characters or specifically shinako and um rikuo because um you know because she is lost but unlike the other two she openly admits to it and is very very aware of it and um (laughs) huh i said unlike the other two she's homeless yes um so it's just um she's meant to be as a reflection of you know be careful because you know it's like you said she's homeless she's in a much much more dire situation than the other two and so it's just it's very mild and subtle things and you know at the same time you could argue you shouldn't have to be really into literary analysis to be able to notice these things 
So um, you should be able to enjoy it without having to have a literary analysis cap on. But it is something that I do appreciate and that I do think is important. Um, I feel like, yeah, the, the subtle changes so, are the things that are harder to notice, too. Because, I mean, if you do notice them, like, you feel like you're a real scholar. You're just like, oh, wow, I'm so cool, like, for noticing this this thing that, like, impacted the characters. But, I mean, to, like, a typical average viewer, that's something to, like, also look into that on a first watch through or perhaps a less attentive viewer, that type of thing just, like, flies over their head. And it's never something that gets considered whatsoever. Uh, so, yeah, that's definitely interesting. I mean, I think... I think that subtlety is, is something that requires this to be more than just a background anime. You really need to pay attention to what's going on, and then as soon as you start paying attention, it makes the show mm-hmm. a lot more compelling. Um, speaking of subtle things, I want to talk about the casting real quick. I know this is, like, not story-related at all. No, that's fine. But there are, I have again, as I probably mentioned earlier in the podcast, I have two things written down on a piece of paper that I really want to talk about, and I'm looking at that recording line, and I'm like do it i need to give my thoughts out and so subtlety wise i want to talk about the casting for the for the uh the casting for the cast such good words (laughs) i have the best words believe me um but i want to talk about um kanaha nozawa being cast as shinako because it's a i i it's something that i did not expect but i'm actually surprisingly happy with okay uh a lot of a lot of uh hanazawa's other like roles are uh, (laughs) characters that are a lot younger uh like kind of high school high school aged um and like around around there at least the other ones that she's very well known for uh Mm -hmm. like in infinite stratos or uh, or, uh, possibly more well known in nisekoi um and and so i think it's honestly a good choice maybe for shinako because it's this you you hear the kind of like almost she uses that like younger person voice to to play shinako and that like uncertainty kind of comes out it's 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 a it's an you know i am a working adult but almost speaking in the voice of something that's so closely associated with a high school it kind of adds that level of of uncertainty and like are you really the person that you say you are because the way you know literally for me as a non you know non-native non-native speaker (laughs) as a non-speaker of japanese um just to me i hear somebody that isn't you know i i I, maybe it's just because i've watched other shows but it's you you talk like an adult you're trying to act like an adult but in the way that you speak i hear a high schooler i hear somebody that's uncertain i hear somebody that doesn't really know what's going on but honestly that uh and i think that fits in perfectly though your observation because her whole thing is she can't let go of high school because you know, that's when her loved one died, was in high school, and she constantly goes back to it, and she's still emotionally tied to it, and she says she wants to move on, but in reality, she doesn't want to move on at all, and so it's like, it not that perfect with what you're saying? Yeah, that's why I said I like the casting. <laughs> Casting's good. I think, um... I, this is the first time I've ever had that kind of comment of like this is the one time I feel confident about this particular thing, <laughs> you know. Like I think they and, did and a all it took was uh, just having like years of anime that uh, Kana Hanazawa has had the the pleasure of working on. Yeah, <laughs> did you very being able brain. to to make like a comparative Slowly study. Um, I I think Rikuo's performance is definitely uh, pretty good as far as voice lines are concerned. Uh, a lot of his reactions, uh, kind of like his stutters, it just like. Uh, just like his general like uh, voice lines are definitely well performed uh, and based on I'm just taking a look at um, the, the page for it uh, th- this voice actor for Rikuo doesn't seem to have like a long list of like main character roles uh, so I mean yeah I, I... Mm, no I his first one I, I can tell you off the top of my head sorry I'm very say you um, say you obsessed so I'm that's not. why like I, <laughs> okay. I, I do have cast <laughs> But um, his first one, I believe, is uh, for Golden Kamui, and the character he voices is actually completely opposite of Riku, like absolutely opposite in every single way. So, um, so yeah, imagine this guy like in a very yelling, passionate, and like um, you know, passionate and uh, aggressive slash like determined <laughs> way. Like, isn't that crazy? Gotcha. So, so Kamina from Girl in the Gone. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then I'm. Uh, I want to talk real quick about the soundtrack uh, because I think it's very good uh, in terms of 
uh, still calling back on that subtlety. It's not very intrusive. It's got that very background kind of kind of setup. But I like the instrument choice with like j like it's 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 simple. It's pared down, and it'll either be like a jazzy kind of upright bass kind of sound, or it'll be this playful piano, keyboard, drums kind of uh, ensemble, uh, which I think matches. It's really good at adding a playful tone uh, when it needs to. Um, and also is just an instrument collection, like an instrumentation that I really vibe with. Um, honestly, I'm getting kind of with this relate, like not only kind of like the setting and the pacing and then the focus on like the relationship drama, I'm kind of thinking a lot about Kids on the Slope, not like the musical aspect of it, oh, but like kids characters on the slope doing drama so and good. fun jazzy bits in the, in the, uh, in the, uh, in the instrumentation. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with that along with the OST. And that's something that uh, kind of stood out to, to me as well, where it's like, uh, I feel like uh, kind of like a conception that a lot of people have in the, the anime community is that there needs to be like one standout track that like you could listen to on its own. But I feel like a lot of times if uh, something is good as kind of something to augment the story rather than be something that's kind of standoffish on its own uh, provides just as much merit to the show. Uh, I feel like the the lack of an opening theme is something that was interesting to me. Uh, I, I think that's, it's been a, yeah, it a trend probably more recently where as openings and endings may just be omitted from shows. Uh, but I, I know that like, it's like a long tradition for anime, of course, to, to have the opening and ending. But, uh, uh, I never really listened to the second ending because I was just uh, watching through on my binge, and I'm uh, I'm a person that believes in always listen slash watch to the opening, and then you can skip the ending if you want to. Uh, I don't even, I yeah, I guess so. How dare, How dare me? You. Uh, but uh, spe special shout outs to uh, the first ending of the show. Uh, I definitely like that song. It's very reminiscent of just like contemporary J rock uh, at present, but uh, it's a good song, a nice chill song, and it replays. It's uh, by uh, Sayuri, right? Yeah, she's she does pretty solid. Uh, mm -hmm. And I like how uh, that like first ending uh, replays a lot of the scenes that you just uh, witnessed. So going back to one thing that I said earlier in the podcast, when it comes to taking a look at the progression of each episode, maybe that's something that could help kind of guide my thought process just for how this narrative is really unfolding. Because I'm sure there's a lot of things and a lot of a sequence of events that I haven't really looked into that could definitely help guide my uh, kind of like perception of the show that I haven't quite gotten to yet because I'm I'm fresh off of uh, my first viewing for a lot of the the shows uh, for a lot of the episodes. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, as far as like um, our our it sounds like we've kind of run out of steam on that conversation, but it also sounds like it might be a good time to wrap up the podcast. Yeah, is there any other like non-story things? Or is that uh. <laughs> All the things off of your list. <laughs> the soundtrack of the cast. I guess we could. I, I'll bring a quick uh, mention to the atmosphere because I feel like uh, kind of like the portrayal of Japan is definitely very interesting because we kind of come across a, a lot of similar landmarks just as people cross their way back to their house. Uh, and I feel like just having that creates a kind of a sense of you being able to see the geography of the location which i know a lot of animes because they're kind of like big like epics and like shown to like span a lot of different like you know places and in time periods just to have like this kind of slow laid back slice of life drama allows you to really understand like where each place is kind of in relation to others and also like what events have happened at a particular place and knowing what the importance of these places existing actually are because like the convenience store is definitely a commonly reoccurring one and it definitely it became a plot point later uh in the show where uh rico stopped working at the convenience store so therefore other characters didn't know where to find him um so yeah just just setting up the atmosphere was a another thing that impressed me upon my watch through i think atmosphere wise uh yes to rotary phones it tells you how old the a show apparently the manga like the was uh, of the show i, I think the manga yeah, it took 18, 18 years, years to finish, finish. and uh, I don't even know. Like, first of all, I'd like to, t to highlight the fact that apparently this season is stated for 18 episodes, which is the most bizarre episode count I've probably wow. ever seen in an anime. <laughs> <laughs> I guess well, so. We like, bizarre times now. Yeah, maybe. I wonder if like the 18 episode was uh, a result of a a COVID related problem, but I haven't like done any research. I doubt it. Production takes mm. so long that they never could have seen this. 
Uh, but yeah, that that was it for me as far as the show. Uh, I'm a pretty big advocate for it so far, and I'm excited to see where it's gonna go because all these plot points are nowhere near resolution. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> Um, well, it sounds like we've gotten all we wanted to say about the theme, the story, and, you know, we added in the cast and soundtrack. So, um, I do want to make one final note in that, um, you know, our anime polls are open, and, um, you can head on over to annietrends.net slash net slash polls to vote for either top anime um characters couples and soundtrack um which is one that's very close to heart for james um and um head over to our polls and vote and have your voice heard and if you really like uh sing yesterday for me um go on and vote for it again and see if we can get number one um i think sorry did you guys want okay Oh, did we want to do? Did we want to do the question corner? I want to ask people. I want to hear what other people think about it, though. Like, I realize all these podcasts are like, "Hey, we have thoughts," but I'd like to hear what you think. And if you have any comments or questions, uh, we'll find a way to get you to send them to us because I want to see what y'all listen, what y'all listeners uh, think of the shows and 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 stuff. Thank you all for watching this episode of the Anime Trend yes, Podcast. Yes, for watching this episode of Audio Only Podcast. Thanks for joining. Yeah, because you watch everything in this episode, <laughs> right? <laughs> all right. Thanks for, thanks for listening. All right. Uh, thanks for joining us. We will Bye-bye. be back next week. Bye. Bye. See ya. Sweet. Sweet.